323, this is the Matt Mosley Show. The Matt Mosley Show brought to you in part by Central National Bank. Tom Barfield and Stephen Simcox, we're glad you're with us. We're at Panther Stadium in Hewitt where tonight it is South Grand Prairie and the Midway Panthers game two of the season. Others are over halfway through, but for your 5As and your 6As, it is game two or game three, depending on uh, on your schedule. But uh, we talk high school football now. We talk high school football with Curtis Quinlan from KCEN. Curtis, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I'm living the dream, man. How are you guys? Doing good, doing good. Hey, just out of curiosity, we were talking about this earlier, and in 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 some ways, it's always exciting. Football Friday is so exciting. But you also feel for the Waco Highs, the universities, the March, the Breedmonts, and those guys, and the La Vegas next week. It's, 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 it really is a tough time for those guys because, as, as we mentioned, they put in the work, and their bands have put in the work, and the drill teams, and unfortunately they just don't get to participate this week. Yeah, it's one of those you practice all week, and then Thursday afternoon or later in the week you see it just taken from you and you have to really you have to especially feel for like you mentioned the la vegas the marts and the colleen's where it wasn't anything you did where you did everything that you were told to do but but the other school had an outbreak and then you lose a game that way um it's it's one of the things about this football season that's really just quite frankly no fun so what do we got? Uh, we got several interesting football games, and I know that you're going to be uh, you're going to be at Itasca and Bosqueville, and also uh, over at, at Riker. And in uh, your game of the week is, I think, a doozy: uh, Salado and, and Conley. I love this game of the week. This was a pretty easy one, pretty easy week to find a game of the week for us. Um, this is a really interesting game because I think the district title in District 9-4A Division Two is a three-horse race right now. I think mm-hmm. it's Salado, China Spring, and Connolly. And I think that tonight we're going to see is there is someone going to start separating themselves from that crowd. Um, you know, whether they do or not, who knows? I mean, Salado has the potential to do that. And, of course, we all know Alan Hare is kind of a slot T O G, and he's, he's going to run the slot T. And he's going to force you to defend the slot tee, and it's going to be the only time you see the slot tee during the season. But at the same time, Connolly has some of the mo- some of the best pound for pound athletes in Central Texas. Um, this is going to be a really, really fascinating game. Then you look at Bosqueville, and I think it's more of how polished will Bosqueville look coming out of this game with two weeks before that game that everybody's got circled in District Seven, Two A Division One, and that's the Bosqueville Crawford game. And so. How does Bosqueville come out of this game? Are they healthy? Do they look good? Can they defend? I mean, the computer projections at Dave Campbell's have Bosqueville as a 48-point favorite. And so I think this is more – I think we're, I think this is a game scored more on style points than anything. Then you go to Riker, and, you know, Riker beat the only other Division Four team in its district because this year Taps had to combine Division Three and Division Four because so many schools dropped from 11-man to 6-man football. And so they had to combine the classifications, and they'll separate them at playoffs. Well, there's only two Division Four schools in Rikers District, of which Riker is one. They will not play another Division Four team until the playoffs come around. So at this point, it's a lot of it has to do for Tyler Holcomb's squad with kind of the same thing with Bosqueville, style points. Uh, how does the defense look? How is the offense gelling? Just kind of trying to find a way that works for you and at the same time makes you guys dangerous, makes this team dangerous when, when the bracket gets unveiled 
next month. I want to go back to the uh, to to the 4A district you were talking about, uh, the game of the week, Salado and Conley. And, and as you mentioned, uh, you factor China Spring in there. And those those are the – it looks like the, the three favorites to, to garner a playoff spot, which leaves that fourth position pretty wide open. And, and, and Curtis, that makes tonight's Robinson football game with Gerald very, very important for the Robinson Rockets. Yeah, and like you mentioned, that's probably for a playoff spot. This district – is just bonkers when you look at how deep it is. And keep in mind, this district lost a very, very good ball club in Mejia and another one in Madisonville from last year who got sent to other districts. But, you know, Robinson and Gerald could be for a playoff spot. Robinson and Gatesville could be for a playoff spot. Um, I, I think the winner of tonight's Robinson-Gerald game will compete with Gatesville for that fourth playoff spot. And I know that when we talked with Luke Howard and his squad before the season, he had expectations to be in the conversation and be on that fourth playoff spot come uh, come November. There's a little bit of a ways to get there, and there is kind of like that stratified line between the top tier, between the, the top half and the bottom half of that 16 district. But um, that Robinson-Gerald game is, like you mentioned, as about as crucial as – any game in this district is because the winner will likely con- continue to be in the conversation for that number four seed. Curtis, uh, some other big games in our area, and one I wanted to focus on. You know, Cameron Yo is coming off that tough loss in the Battle of the Bell. Uh, Rockdale was really impressive in that one. And Academy, they they find a way again. They take down McGregor in a game where they were down two scores late. Um, Academy and Yo match up tonight. W- what do you expect out of uh, out of that contest? Man, that is going to be one of the, like, you look at last week's Battle of the Bell for Cameron Yo, and Rockdale takes the ball and scores on the opening drive. And that's, that's the first time that Rockdale had won the toss and elected to receive. We were talking with Jacob Campsey after the game. They'd always deferred. And you give, you give uh, Cameron Valdez and Keyshawn Raven the ball first, you see what they do. All of a sudden, something starts clicking. There's a confidence there that hasn't been there in the in the last three weeks after Rockdale's three-game losing streak uh, entering the battle for the bell. And at that point, the confidence Rockdale had was just too much for Cameron to overcome. Cameron needs to mirror what happened with Rockdale against them last week. They need to mirror what Rockdale did against their own ball club because this is an academy squad that um, I don't think any lead is insurmountable for this academy squad. It, there is no team in District 11, 3A Division One that I would want to play less than Chris Lancaster's Academy Bumblebees because these dudes do not quit. They will find a way. I, I mean, I've gone to a couple of their games. I've seen Jerry Cephas orchestrate a scoring drive going right down the field out of the I formation, and then at Lorena, I watched him drop back in the spread. They will find a way. And they really, they are one of those teams where you can watch all the film you want on them. That might only help you with their defense. And so in this game, I would really expect just a massive chess match from the moment, from the moment you see the head coaches go on the field for the coin toss to until the final, until the, the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter. That game is going to be just a chess match. And I would expect really solid defense. But at the same time, I would expect just 
I would expect Cameron to stay with what it does. Cameron's a spread offense team, and they're going to stay that way. They've got the talent to do it there with Zane Ziner under center, but Zane Ziner might ha- is going to have to play better, and he's going to have to get a little more support from his offensive line and from his wide receivers than he did last week because not all three of those interceptions at Rockdale last week were his fault. Talking with Curtis Quinlan. Curtis, is, is there a team – that has just kind of jumped off the page at you, and you're like, hmm, didn't see that coming, uh, either from a positive side or, or, or maybe even a negative side. I think it's Waco High because of how they performed against West Mesquite. We all know that we all know the coaching change West Mesquite made. They have Mejia's uh, former head coach now and Frank Sandoval. But when you look at Waco High's roster the past couple of years, it's been pretty young with some experience at starters, but I didn't know what to make. I think that was one of those programs I expected to struggle a little more strictly because of the coronavirus shutdown, because not having spring ball, not getting a full slate of summer workouts. I, that first game against West Mesquite really caught my eye. Now, I'm very, very curious about what's going to happen after two weeks of not playing and then going up against the two-time reigning state runner-up to open district 11 6a play but that was a that was one that's one team that jumped off the page at me the other one is crawford crawford after changing coaches really just kind of showed everybody hey look we're we're still fine we're still poised to not only win region two because i think it's safe to say and we can all agree region two runs through mclennan county this year with bosqueville and crawford um and district seven being quite frankly, the most potent district in that region. I think Crawford is trying to show everyone that district, uh, district or region two rather runs through uh, Southwest McLennan County. Yeah, in, in another team that uh, in maybe not locally, but certainly regionally and across the state is kind of grabbing some attention is the Temple Wildcats. I, I think, you know, in Bell County, people knew that they were going to be a pretty good football team, but they're starting to get some attention across the state with their 2-0 start. Yeah, exactly. And tonight will probably, this is going to be my hot take of the afternoon, tonight's the biggest test in their non-district because I know Longview is Longview, but long you look at what Longview lost last year. They lost the top-rated quarterback prospect in the state of Texas. They're going back to a traditional long view offense this year with, you know, just hand it, just we're going to line up, we're going to hit you in the mouth, and we're going to run it down your throat. Um, not the spread long view that won a state title and that was terrorizing everybody in 6A Division II last year. They dropped down to 5A tonight against Arlington Martin. Arlington Martin is a perennial power in Region 1 and 6A. This is, this is the biggest measuring stick Temple has in its non-district slate and like you mentioned that was one of those games sitting at 2-0 against Longview everyone wanted to see what was Temple season going to look like is it going to be what we normally expect from Temple or is Temple going to be down in 2020 and when with the way that that defense which Scott Stewart has (laughs) told me at practice is the second youngest defense he has ever coached only trailing last year's Goes and pitches a thirty nothing shutout in the second half against one of East, one of the premier teams in East Texas. Um, that's a pretty good way to start this season. It, it's once again trying to put last week behind you and avoid looking forward. District play starts next week. It would be really really easy for Temple to look too far ahead and all of a sudden 
you're look you're not worried about Arlington Martin. You're like, oh, district play is going, and or to be really high on that win. You know, we just went on the we went and beat Longview. We went on the road and beat a good Magnolia West squad. This is a really good Temple ball club. It's as good as any team. It might very well be the best six A team in Central Texas this season. A mark that has in the this is my fifth season here. In my first four seasons, been a, a label that has been reserved for Midway, and I think that really says something about the Wildcats. Curtis, uh, we're talking to Curtis Quillen from KCN TV on the Matt Mosley Show. Final question for you: I know you were out at Leo Buckley last night. What impressed you about Ellison and their win over uh, LD Bell? Oh man, that trip up to the that was a that was up in the Metroplex. That was up there at Pennington oh, Field, okay. right outside right. of Fort Worth. That was a. Uh, that was uh, that was one of those games where it looked like everything kind of came together. There was some sort of confidence click for Ellison because, let's, I mean, you guys know as well as I do because we're all former athletes here, getting your tail kicked in is not fun. And Ellison goes and gets beat up at Liberty Hill, loses that game by, tw- by 20, gets beat up last week at UMHB against – a very good Austin Vandegrift team, which has one of the best defenses in the state of Texas. So I think it was a confidence booster that, oh, these things that we're doing, if we do them, we will win ball games. We're not going to get our tails kicked in every week. And I think that light bulb went off. The other thing that will be nice for Ellison moving forward is next week, Ellison gets to play in Colleen for the first time this season. Because even though they were the home team against Vandegrift last week, that game was at UMHB because all four Colleen ISD high schools were scheduled to be at home, which is too many for that one stadium they have there. Um, But expect Ellison. If Ellison can continue to play that way that it did against LD Bell last night and clean up the mistakes, a couple of just mental lapses that led to some interceptions, some fumbles, you know, the first play from scrimmage in the second half, Ellison picks up 25, 30 yards off the tackle on a run and then fumbles the football and LD Bell takes over and scores. Avoiding those mental lapses while con- in improving in that category while also continuing to play with the same, same tenacity that it did at LD Bell last night, um, ex- Ellison could be a problem and could compete for a playoff spot out of District 12 6A, which everybody preseason had Ellison finishing third third or fourth hey curtis we we appreciate it Th- thanks so much i love talking high school football with you and we appreciate you coming on the program appreciate you guys having me thank you